0: Tuning in to the short thing here. It is March 29th. Warren and Ryan here with you today. We are going to talk about the NCAA tournament. Obviously, we have picks for the Elite Eight games tonight. And tomorrow we'll also have some MLB team totals. Take a look, a little look at the MLB season. We can do a little bit more on Thursday when it is actually going to be opening day. You can check us out on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, and the iHeartRadio Podcast app. Brian, I forgot on Friday, or on Thursday when we recorded, but uh, congratulations on Dan Snyder buying all all uh, steak in the Redskins and Washington football team.
1: Yeah, we're pretty excited about it, um, obviously, so that when he sells it to Bezos for 5000000000 uh, you know billion, he'll get the majority of it. So whatever it takes to get him out of there, uh, we're cool with. But uh, yeah, big, big day for us. Oh right, yeah,
0: forgot to pass along those congratulations. The uh
1: <laughs> it's much appreciated. We we thank you. Thank you.
0: No problem. It's the same uh it was the same feeling or this whenever uh there's an owner and you see them buy the majority stake that you don't like, it's never good cuz the same thing happened with Stan Cronky. Mm-hmm. for Arsenal. He owns Arsenal and we had this Russian guy, this Russian like oligarch who was like wanting to buy controlling stake in the team and he had like 30% of the shares or whatever of the team, owned 30%. And then Cronk is like, "No, we're going to buy it all." And everyone was just, "Oh, this is terrible."
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, he was he was already calling the shots anyway. Uh, I think now he owns 90%. He doesn't own the full 100%, but he does own uh, 90% of it now. So, uh, like I said, we're just hoping it so that when he sells, he just gets a bigger bag. But uh, I guess we'll wait and see on that. You
0: think he's gonna sell before the TV deal?
1: Yeah, uh, for sure not. Yeah, for sure <laughs> <I> not. <know. laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, no, that's a so although he there, could say was... he could say you know, hey, look, here's I've, here's seven billion is the offer i want for the team because when you come into this to this TV deal, you're you know, you're gonna be making making some little little cash on the side, so uh, we'll see. All right. How was the rest of your weekend? Good. Just a lot of baseball uh, Saturday and Sunday. A little rough out there. Um, boys come out a little flat. Couldn't hit water if we fell out of a boat. Pitched well. Played defense well, but it's hard to win when you don't score. Um, and uh, a little flag football yesterday. Then just hanging out with, uh, with the family watching. So I didn't get to watch any of the games Saturday because our game started at 2. Had to be out there at about 1. Got home at about – I watched the last half of – what was the night game on Saturday? Um, the Syracuse Houston game, which was kind of yeah. a snooze fest anyway. Oh, big time snoozer. So, uh, so yeah, only watched a few, only got to watch a few minutes of that, and then watched um, watched a good majority of all the games yesterday.
0: All right, yeah. So, a uh, couple tell you what we had a couple big names at the golf course this weekend. Is that right? Old Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty big name
0: pretty big name did not caddy for him some though he is a large human being yeah and he played with one of the assistant pros there's a host group so one of the pros has to play with the assistants has to play uh with them uh-huh. and the assistant pro is probably like six four like he's a big guy himself probably six four, 230 something maybe six five six four mm-hmm. and like i looked over on the first fairway and i saw him and i was like he's making this guy, he's making Mark, the system, I mean, he's making him look small. Yeah. Uh, and I texted him like, you're, you're, you're small. You look small <laughs> compared to Kelsey and you're a big guy yourself. He goes, yeah, he goes, he's a large man. And then there were reports yesterday that one, uh, John Paul football was out there. Really? Yeah. But I didn't, uh, I was not out there yesterday. Uh, but yeah, he was out there yesterday.
1: That's yeah, those, that's, those are some uh, pretty big names. It's uh, yeah, quite exciting.
0: It, yeah, it is quite a, uh, quite exciting there. So, uh, that <laughs> I mean, it's disappointing. I didn't get to get to caddy for Kelsey, but uh, that's all right. Yeah, you can't win, you're not gonna win them all, indeed. Um, you're not gonna win um all there. All right, so we'll get into the NCAA tournament. The Elite Eight is set tonight. We got Oregon State versus Houston, and then Arkansas versus Baylor. Tomorrow night is Gonzaga versus USC, and then uh, uh, what is the other game? The other game is UCLA and Michigan. Yeah. That is tomorrow. So the Pac-12 is three teams in the Elite Eight. Uh, we got two double-digit seeds in the Elite Eight. Uh and I thought the games kind of in the Sweet 16 were a little snoozer. Big time. Um, except for Oral Oral Roberts yes, or on Saturday against Arkansas. That was a good one. Um, and then obviously the Alabama-UCLA game yesterday was great. Um, we still haven't had a buzzer beater for a win, but we've had a couple Florida-Virginia Tech and then yesterday where shot made inside of, well, Arkansas shot made inside of five seconds that won them the game, but that one sent it to overtime. It's just, I watched some Gonzaga yesterday. Did, what was the middle game yesterday? Was that, uh, or what was the that, second game? The second Michigan Florida State. Game? Oh, that game was a snoozer. I really don't yeah. watch a lot of that. Um, but I, watching the games this weekend, it's hard to see how a team beats Gonzaga. I know Baylor got off to a, uh, Slow start against Villanova, but really cranked it up in the second half. If they play like they did in the second half the whole game, I think they got a shot. But it's really hard to see how a team beats uh, Gonzaga right now, I think
1: they are just absolutely rolling. Like you always see those teams that are just like, they just have everything flowing in the tournament and that's Gonzaga right now. I mean, they can always, they always get, uh, you know, the, uh, the old, they've only made one final four, you know, since they've had Mark few since they've been making a, you know, the a run that the, the run that they've had. Uh, but I think this year it's just like, I mean, like you said, it, they just have everything rolling. Their system is just perfect and plays, uh, um, there's just, there's just, you know, everyone knows their role. Everyone plays it perfectly. And, uh, they just, they just strangle you, man. It's like a, it's like a boa constrictor wrapping them, uh, wrapping themselves around teams and just suffocating them until they don't have anything, you know, they don't have anything they can do. They've made some really good teams even in the regular season. Um, look, you know, subpar. And they just, I mean, every, like I said, everyone's just rolling. They, they, they're hot right now. And I agree wholeheartedly. There's just, I don't know that there's anyone that can even, I, you know, come close might be a bit of an overstep, but, uh, even so, I mean, USC definitely, I, I think it's, it, I think that's gonna be another blowout.
0: Yeah. I think, and USC's USC's playing great right now.
1: They are playing well. I mean,
0: they're playing really, really well. Um, but yeah, I think that is another blowout. I'm looking at it. The futures to win Gonzaga's plus plus one thirty five. I still, I look, I think that's pretty good because you're never going to get them plus money again, probably to win the tournament. Yeah. They're not going to be plus money when they uh make if they win against USC and make the final four. And then they're not going to be plus money in that game in the final four and they're not going to be plus money against Baylor. So you're getting them a plus money to win the title. And if you want to hedge out of it, you could hedge out, hedge out of it against uh whoever they play in the uh in the uh, championship game if you really want to do that. So them getting a plus money, I think I'm going to take a look at that. Um because I just, I, it's really hard to see them uh, the lose, losing. I mean, they were minus 200 to win their region, which is unheard of. Um, but yes, them at plus 135 is, uh, is big. I, I think the biggest disappointment from the Sweet 16 to me had to be Syracuse. As buddy Beheim, he just got the clamps put on him. Girard, or is it Drew? Is that how you say his name from Houston? Yeah,
1: I think so. Okay, Drew
0: just was uh he was just locked on him. I mean Beheim couldn't somehow he still put up nine threes, but he got out of a rhythm early because Drew was on him, and whenever he got open, he felt like he had to rush to shot because he's like, Oh man, this is uh this is um this is my only open look or whatever. And he was just rushing. but they just put the clamps down on uh Bayheim and Syracuse. And I felt that I thought that was disappointing because Houston hadn't looked great. And then Syracuse, obviously they were shooting lights out. It was going to come to an end a little bit, but boy, it was came crashing, crashing down.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, buddy was like one for seven at the, at halftime. So, uh, you know, you say he put up nine threes. I think only two of those came in the, uh, second half. If I, if I remember correctly, uh, but yeah, he absolutely couldn't get anything rolling. And of course it was, you know, of course we're on Thursday, we're like, maybe, maybe over eight threes, maybe over nine, maybe, you know, we were, <laughs> yeah. and that, and so as soon as I saw he was one for seven and a half, I was like, yeesh, that's uh That's a cold takes exposed uh, right there for us on Thursday, but do you, but you're right. I mean, Houston hadn't looked like they didn't really have like a dominant win. Right. I mean, not that, uh, you know, all their wins were, were good wins, but it wasn't like, oh man, they're really blowing the doors off people similar to like a Gonzaga or, or Baylor things like that, where, you know, you're, you're a one or a two seed and you're blowing the people's doors off. And so they finally, this was finally a dominant win. And I think was good for Houston going into this next round. Uh, Cause I still think they have a, a tough matchup um, coming up tonight. not, uh, is it tonight that they're playing? Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. Tonight that they're playing. So, uh, you know, it's something that I think one of those things that, you know, kind of a momentum builder, you get some, you get some feel because Oregon state, I mean, they're, they're playing just as good as anybody as well. They've kind of caught lightning in a bottle and found a little bit of magic. And so I think they're going to need to take that momentum into the game tonight, uh, them being Houston and, uh, hopefully have the same similar, um, uh, defensive performance.
0: Well, Houston is so good. Offensive rebounds. They're second in the nation getting offensive rebounds, uh, They are just so good at that. Their defensive efficiency is uh, their sixth in the nation. If you look at those numbers, they're just really, really good. And tonight, I like, I think I like the under in this game. Unders went one and over seven and one on over the in the Sweet 16. Or no, uh, six and two. Sorry. Uh, If you look at regulation, they were seven and one because the uh, UCLA. Uh, Alabama game went over, but just the pace Oregon state plays. I think it's, they play slow, but then they put up then, then again, against Loyola, there was like 82 points in the second half. They just couldn't score in the first half. I think I like Oregon state plus seven and a half. I think that's the line. And then I'm looking at the under 129. but again, I hate betting under. So I, I don't do it, but I, I, I think I like Oregon state tonight just because it's just kind of a, They both play slow, and uh, Oregon State's been hot, hot, hot. And I know Houston, we just said it's good
1: confidence, but both teams are playing really, really well. So you like Houston to, or excuse me, Oregon State to win or just to cover? Just to cover. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't don't hate that. Um, You know, in the Sweet 16 and in the Elite Eight, I think is when you really see like the good teams and I know this may sound obvious, but like the, the, usually the better team will, will win. You know, obviously we've had plenty of Cinderella stories that make it make a run to the final four, but this is like the sweet 16 and the lead eight, especially I think we saw today for the exception of a couple games where the good teams separate themselves and find a way to win and, uh, and, and advance onto the next round. Obviously uh, with Oregon state moving on, I mean, they played an eight seed and then UCLA, the outlier there against Alabama. But um, I think this is where you really see the separation of the the top seeded teams versus the the Cinderella stories.
0: I I would agree with that, and also with the total of uh, was it one twenty nine? I think.
1: Yeah, that's what I saw.
0: It's also kind of hard to blow a team like get a big time like a blowout win, and when the if the number's that low, yeah. Like if it's a slow pace game, like you you might think there's less possession, so less time to make a run and everything like that along those lines Do you catch that logic
1: or that yeah beating? absolutely no no yeah. i agree because uh i was almost running into that last night i thought i was gonna run into that last night because i the, the only total i played this weekend was that usc oregon total and the more and more usc was kind of inching away i was like oh this is gonna be you know because i also had the first half total over um uh and usc was was winning by you know 12 or 15 at one point, I was like, shit, this might not hit just because Oregon isn't scoring. Luckily, they finally found the, found the rhythm and found their shot, and it started filling, started filling it up a little bit. But uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Like I said, I was feeling that just last night in that last game.
0: And then here's the number. So Chris Felica uh, on Twitter, game day, ESPN producer, says that double-digit seeds in the Elite Eight against the spread are 11, 5, and 1. And four of the last, last seven have won outright. And then three of those wins have came versus a number one seed. So against the spread, the double-digit seeds are pretty good. Yeah. So that's an interesting – if you're going on the trend, that's a pretty good pretty good number. Um, and underdogs in the last six years in the Elite Eight, he says, are 16-7 and seven ATS with 13 outright wins. So um, I don't know. Those are those are some numbers uh, to get there. And then the other game is Baylor and Arkansas. I want to take the over in this one, but I think it's going to be an under game. And I like Baylor to win. Arkansas has been a great they've made a nice little run here. But Baylor is is the better team. And I think that they win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I agree as well. Um the total here is one forty eight and a half. And I think I think I like that under, even though Baylor can can um you know can make a ton of threes, but you know, they the three point shot hasn't always been there so far for them this game. But again, they I think you said Houston's number two in offensive rebound. I'm pretty sure Baylor's number one in offensive rebounds. Um look. so you know, that 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 bodes well for Baylor's the sixth. Uh, oh, they're sixth. Okay, so still sixth. pretty good. Uh so then who there's there one other team that's left in the in the tournament is is number 1 i believe we will check it um hold on in offensive rebounds i will pull up the numbers here hold on but either way i think like i said i still like that under um just because i i think this might might could could turn into a blowout pretty early with baylor pulling ahead um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think the, uh, the run for Arkansas and the must bus stops here.
0: USC's 12th. That's the only other team in the top 15 that's left.
1: Then who's number one,
0: North Carolina.
1: Mm, Okay. Okay. And in total rebounds or just offensive rebounds,
0: offensive rebound percentage is what
1: it is. Oh, okay. See, I I was going based off of, uh, off of total, excuse me. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. the, like total offensive, uh, gotcha. this is a rebound percentage. Yeah. I got uh, you.
0: North Carolina is getting 40, got 41%. Um, yeah, Baylor's getting 36.8% and then USC 35%. Um, so that's what they're at there. I was looking at maybe a, a Baylor Gonzaga money line parlay, but that's minus one eighty. I don't know if that's
1: not juicy enough.
0: That's not there's too much uh too much juice on that. hmm Um But uh yeah, I like and then tomorrow I like Gonzaga. I'll lay the nine. I think against uh, USC, and then I like Michigan. I or I like UCLA tomorrow night. I know Michigan has played great. This is the best basketball they've been playing since Livers is out. Um, but I like I like UCLA. If they they gotta stop showing Mick Cronin's dad. To, <laughs> I mean, look, we get it. He's a he's a coach's what. Was he a former coach too, right, or something? Yeah,
1: I think so. And but and like, and the whole story is that like Mick Cronin hasn't been able to give him a hug throughout the pandemic.
0: Yeah, under a lot of people have been having to do the same thing. Yeah, he hadn't seen his dad in a year. We, we get it. But it's like every time they make a everything something goes right for, um, everything something goes right for, uh, UCLA. It's right over to Mick Cronin's dad. It's like give it a rest already. Like my gosh. Um, like when he, when they showed him yesterday and he, after the, uh, after the foul shots or after the kid missed both foul shots at the end, and then they got the rebound Mm -hmm. and he's like celebrating like they won the game before they tied up. I'm like, dude, he is celebrating a little too much. Like, does he not know his team has to make those two foul shots right there? But I'm, I'm a little over Mick Cronin's dad, and he's probably a very nice man. It's nothing to do with <laughs> him. It's just that CBS has been showing yeah. him so mu- it's so much the entire tournament. They've just beaten just beaten a dead horse with them.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It, uh, like you said, it's it's no fault of his own. It's it's strictly the the fault uh, lies solely on CBS and their production team. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think I think a lot of people share that same sentiment as you. Uh, and I, I, I do, I do agree there. All right. So, what are your, what picks do you got? And then we'll wrap up here. Uh, so, uh, obviously going Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I also like Oregon State plus the eight. I like Baylor minus eight. Um, I'll take Gonzaga laying the nine, and then I'll take UCLA plus the seven and a half. So two dogs, two favorites.
0: All right. I'll take Oregon State plus seven and a half. I'll take the under in the Baylor game. I'll take Gonzaga minus nine. I'll take UCLA uh, as well. Give me a look. Gonzaga team total over eighty-one and a half. Might think about that. And then tell me what you think of this parlay. This is plus money. Baylor minus four and a half, and Gonzaga minus four and a half, but it's plus one eleven.
1: Say that again one more time.
0: Gonzaga and Baylor minus four and a half at uh-huh. parlay. It at plus one eleven. Yeah, no, I
1: like that. So, we'll
0: we'll do that. We'll do we'll do the we'll do that parlay just to get some plus money on that cuz I don't think uh those games are going So be it's a cool. teaser? No, it's a adjusted line. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it is a teaser. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's pretty much a teaser, but it's just adjusting the uh adjusted the lines down to that. Okay. Um but uh Yeah, so those are our picks for the weekend. All right, there's one other thing I want to talk about the tournament. Uh, I'm done with Jim Nance calling basketball. Really? He stinks. He just doesn't. There's no enthusiasm in any calls. It's just since he's CVS's top guy, it's like, all right, let's roll him in. Let him do the final four. Let him do the tournament. He rolls around Big Ten tournament time, and I'm just – I know he just signed an extension with CBS which is fine. But I'm just he's just he's not a he's not a basketball guy. He's not he's not the fourth he's not the he's the fourth best announcer on CBS when it comes to basketball. The fourth best. Ian Eagles better, Kevin Harlan's better and Brian Anderson are better.
1: I, I would was, agree, yeah, I would agree with all that. Yeah.
0: All he's the fourth best guy calling the games and and I like Raftery. Don't really like. I think Grant Hill is is fine is fine but i, I like raftery i just i just i'm not i'm done with jim nance calling basketball he's he's like i said he's their fourth best guy uh who's his
1: partner that's been calling in with him
0: jim nance yeah he did bill it's bill raftery and grand hill we were doing the games yesterday
1: no but who's been who's been the uh the guy with jim nance because there was a moment in the first round is either first or second round bill raftery oh it was yeah okay so um I I, maybe it was him uh, because for a split second, I shit you not. I'm not kidding. I was like, do they have Tony Romo calling basketball games? Because it sounded like him for just a quick second. I was like, surely not. And then I like I continued listening and I was like, oh, okay, no, that's that's clearly not Tony. But it was like I just had this weird moment of there's there's like I know how I know the infatuation with Tony Romo calling games, but there's no way that they have him calling basketball. I know he's suited up for the Mavs. So technically he is a former NBA player, but uh, I I was just shocked by that. But it it obviously wasn't and hasn't been the whole time, but there was just like, he kind of did like a high pitch kind of uh, not, not one of those. "Eh, I don't know, Jim, but like something that sounded very, very similar to, to Romo.
0: When he starts a game off, he does this high pitch, just like mumbo jumbo into the
1: game. That like, might be it. That might be. No no
0: no 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 like you don't even understand And what you know point. what? I
1: think it I I as a matter of fact it 100% was at the beginning <laughs> of the game. Yeah, when
0: they tip it off Dan and, and it, it, they'll tip it off, Jim Nance will say we're underway and then Raftery goes, "Jim Nance, Grand Hill." That's what he. That's his bit. And I I I like Raftery. It's whatever. People people always I'm not saying that you get an, you're not getting annoyed by it, but people will be like, "Why does Raftery do it?" I'm like, "That's his thing. Like, just let him do it. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It's not. So, it's for five seconds at the beginning of the game. Like, okay, let calm down, everybody."
1: Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, it uh, it was just funny. Kind of like I said, caught me off guard for a minute.
0: I know. Well, look, it will catch you off guard if you're if you're not uh, if you're not paying attention. You'll be like, "Who's this guy? Just speaking a bunch of gibberish into the mic, and you don't yeah. know what's going on." Yeah. Um. Um. But uh. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm I'm done with Nance. So, that was my. That was that was what I wanted to bring up. Um. But uh, yeah. All right. So that's turn. Anything else on the tournament you got? Uh. No. I think that's it. I think we we covered it all there. Yeah, I think we did too. So we'll have the final four, on. Um. Saturday, back to traditional Saturday and um Monday, I will say uh but we haven't credit to us as a podcast. we haven't talked about our brackets at all since we've uh since whatever we said, oh a couple sleepers, elite eight this and that
1: mm-hmm.
0: my women's bracket's doing fantastic is that right fourteen of eight fourteen of sixteen elite eighteen te- or uh, sweet sixteen teams. Uh, before the elite, I think I, uh, Indiana upset Maryland. I, when I was checking last night, so I lost the final 14, but last night before the Texas game, I don't know if I had Texas winning, um, whoever they beat. Um, but, uh, I was in like 20,000th place. And, uh, and last night when I checked and before that going into this sweet 16, I was in, uh. 10,000th and the 99.9 point nine percentile. But, uh, we've fallen, fallen from grace, I think.
1: Yeah. I, uh, if, um, Oregon would have won and if Florida state would have won, I would have had <clears throat> six of eight elite eight for the men's bracket. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, the only ones I didn't have were, um uh, actually, excuse me. If, if Bama, if Oregon Bama and, um, Just them two. If Oregon or Bama and Bama would have won, I would have had six of eight. So, uh, but now I actually now only have three, Baylor, Houston, and Gonzaga. So again, another fall from grace there as well. But uh, yeah, no, I I was feeling good about it. I was feeling good about it. If, uh, if I would have had Florida state sneak in and Bama, I would have been sitting pretty, sitting pretty uh, for, uh, for my elite eight.
0: Yeah. I just stopped looking at the bracket on
1: uh, when Illinois lost. Yeah, that's tough. I was like, that's all right. We're done. That's it. I uh, wanted to make fun of Jamie for her lead eight, but we have the same three teams still left in it. So yeah. I can't, <laughs> can't really do that.
0: No, you cannot, you cannot do that. Uh, you can't do that. Uh, the big thing is in the bracket group, my roommates, uh, me and my roommate are in that he does. Uh, his girlfriend has Texas in the or winning it all. And she's winning the bracket right now. Uh-huh. And he goes, You still have a chance. I'm like, She does not have a chance. To Zero win. chance. Like, but she does, she does have an outside chance. This is really dumb. Why are we talking about this? But uh, <laughs> uh, she has Houston and Baylor in the final four. She's the only one that has Houston. So I guess those are the points. But if Gonzaga wins at all, which I think they're going to do, she's done.
1: Yeah. So well, since we're talking about outside brackets, uh, when Jamie filled out hers, I was just naming off the teams. If she asked for some advanced stats, I'd give them to her. Uh, and then, you know, on the ESPN bracket at the end, well, I think all the brackets, when you get to the end, uh, select a winner, they make you put in a score. Well, she gave me her score, and I typed it in, hit submit, and we were revisiting it on Saturday night. And either I had a typo, or I just, I don't know what happened, but I put her final score of Gonzaga winning 65 to 65. <laughs> 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 so i was like oh, whoops there's a misfire on my part and she was like what the hell are you kidding? She's like see this is why i need to fill out my own and not just have you name while she was going on and on but it was a it was a pretty phony moment when i realized that i had gonzaga winning in a tie uh for her final That's score of pretty the funny
0: there was one when he was doing a coin flip bracket he put all the 16 and 15s in without the which kind of defeats of purpose of the coin flip bracket but whatever we're not going to get into that um <laughs> But when it came to Texas ACU, the, the coin uh, won, uh, picked Abilene Christian, but uh, she went to Texas. So there was big dissent on what wins her Texas. What do you think won? Or her, uh, her Texas degree or the coin Abilene Christian, what do you think won out?
1: Uh, knowing your roommate, probably the Texas degree.
0: The Texas degree won, which probably was karma for her flipping, uh, not trusting the coin because yeah. if She would have trusted the coin. Maybe Texas would have won the game.
1: Yeah, probably. And
0: so whenever she says she she was found out Evelyn Christian lost the other night or she she goes good. I'm like, well, you disrespected the coin. So the coin, the
1: coin won overall. But uh, all right. Huh? Uh, One last thing on the tournament. Okay. what was the scheduling this weekend? They wanted every game at one uh, at one time. It was ridiculous. I I think the biggest problem was the hour break yesterday. That, which was funny, because I think we had a tweet, like, 30 seconds apart of, like, <laughs> what, what the hell's going on. But Saturday, like, give me an eleven fifteen tip. The NIT! Oh. Only because Mississippi State was in the final. That's the only reason why.
0: Well, that was the semis, but they were in the oh, that was sem-
1: yesterday at 11 o'clock. Oh, was that uh, yesterday? Yeah.
0: They played – well, they the, the semis and final were Saturday and then Sunday. Um, But – I okay, I would have been fine. The sa- the schedule on Saturday, I thought was fine because you got to get you got to have a night game, I think, on Saturday that that starts eight o'clock or whatever to take it to 11 or something. Saturday, I was fine with the schedule. I thought yesterday's schedule was horrible. Why on Sunday night, when people got to go to work on Monday, you're starting a game 10 p.m. Eastern, yeah, around nine o'clock here, like it just doesn't make that didn't make any sense. And then you have an hour break in between the games. Like, Hey, why don't, it's not like you have to prepare the courts or like the teams have to get warmed up. You're playing in separate arenas. Like, yeah. Get that game started at three thirty, And I know CBS wants top of the hour, five o'clock. Like, Hey, that's when the, that's when we, we, we put the best game of the day. We think with Michigan and Florida state there. So that's what we want to have it there for the five o'clock hour. But it's just, it just games on Sunday night should not be starting at at nine o'clock central and then ten o'clock for the East Coast time. Yeah, I, I thought yesterday's schedule was bad, and tonight it's the same thing. there's a there there there's a built-in thirty-minute break pretty much after the game. Like they think there's they're 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 playing overtime. They're they're hoping for overtime, so there's no break. Like there's going to be another break tonight, which is dumb. Yeah. but Yeah, the schedule definitely. Doing this, the only thing I would change from this format of schedule to the previous years is the first four all being on the first day. Uh But other than that, keep the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, that's way better than whatever we're working with right now. Totally agree. All right. We'll shift into baseball. We'll touch a little bit on the NFL trades and then uh, a little Formula One talk and then – uh, something else as we close up here. All right, baseball starts on Thursday, opening day of the season. We'll do a little more in-depth preview, but we'll do a little team totals here. Team totals. Ryan Bavada does not have any team totals. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, because that's where we I went to go look for him.
0: Very weird. So I went to CBS Sports; they had it. Um, so hopefully, we have some of the same numbers. So we do this. I got five. I think I have five of them. Five or six. Uh, team totals that we'll go through we and talk about a little bit uh, what we think about those and then maybe a little baseball uh, talk after. We'll, definitely more. We'll we'll do World Series and stuff uh, on, on Thursday. But uh, team totals I like. I like this one uh, last year but didn't have the guts to do it. It was 20 in the shortened season. But I like the Orioles over 63 and a half. Pretty much they got to lose 98 games and you win. I think they can lose. I think they'll probably lose in the '90s, but I think they'll—they showed something last year a little bit. Uh, They—they—they showed some fight out there. They weren't the dogs that you would just—that you would just lay over, or that would just lay down to whatever team in the NL East. It is a tough division, so that is a little—that is a little worrisome for me. But I think they got some young guys uh, playing there. They got this young Austin Hayes. Isn't that the name of a rookie outfielder? Um, or a second year guy, he's, yeah. uh, yeah, Austin Hayes. He's supposed to be pretty good. Um, I think they got a, a decent Anthony Santander has been a nice player the last couple of years. Trey Mancini's coming back from his cancer. Uh, I think they got some, I take a look. I think they got some nice guys, the rotation. Yeah. Who knows? I think John means is a pretty decent pitcher. Uh, they're the next team in the long line of teams that have tried and gotten, uh, gotten Matt Harvey. Uh, to be some competent uh, MLB pitcher. Don't know if that's going to work, but I'm going to take the O's over 63 and a half. I'll take the Cubs over 79. That seems really low to me. I know they're kind of like, we might trade guys in the middle of the season. We might not, but they, I don't know. That seems pretty low. They still have a pretty good offense where you, hopefully they're hanging around 500 at the beginning of the thing. And pitching, they traded away Darvish. Uh, but they still got Hendricks. Zach Davies came in, think he should be pretty good. So Cubs over 79. The Nats over 84 and a half. I like them, what they did in the offseason. The Royals over 72. I like their offense with Santana coming in. Andrew Benatendi probably uh, hit the reset button on his career. uh, Over 72 there. Then I have the Reds under 81 and a half, not buying what they're selling. And then my other under is the Yankees 97 and a half. So those are my uh, six
1: okay. So there is some discrepancy. So I'm looking at Action Network and they have the Yankees at 95 and a half. Okay, um, so we might have some some discrepancies in a few of these. Um, I was kind of going along with yours and, uh, and you know, were the other cross, ones cross right? checking them? They're they're, really they're close? They close within a half a game or so. So, uh, nothing too, um, like I said, nothing too crazy. So I actually like the Padres over 94 and a half is what Action Network has them. I think the Padres went 100 games. Um, uh, you know, obviously with the pitching staff they're not even going to have Clevenger this year. Um, they add Blake Snell, they add Darvish, uh, obviously Fernando Tatis, the face of baseball right now. I think they win 100 games easy. Um, I like the White Sox under 90 and a half. I still think they're going to be very good. I still think they win the Central, but I think they fall in that 87 to 89 range. I don't know if they win 90. Um, I also like the Braves over 91 and a half. I think they'll win between 94 and 100 games uh over up in that division a lot of, a lot of big numbers that I like here I like the Phillies over 88 and a half games to win um a couple unders I With think the Phillies Rams-
0: are 88 and a half
1: 80 and a half
0: oh, Okay yeah okay cuz you said yeah, yeah. 88 at first I Oh did like, I I'm sorry a- 80 and yeah, a half yeah, yeah I was saying that doesn't make uh doesn't make sense but okay good yeah Uh
1: I'm going to take the Rangers under 66 and a half I just I just don't see how they win any games like I mean I think they win a couple You know, but uh, I just I I mean, I think they would they I think they're looking down the barrel of 100, 100. uh, What am I trying to say? 100 games lost losing 100 games. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Uh, So that's what I'm going to go with uh, for for now. Um, And uh, Thursday, we'll kind of revisit. Also, I think I like the Rays under 85 and a half.
0: I thought about that. You know which one I had crossed off? I had Toronto. I was debating Toronto, but then I was like, "Man, I got a lot of AL so We got to stay out of the division." But I saw like 85. Now it's up to 87 and a half. I see. I'm looking to bet online right now. Um, uh, yeah, no, but the Rangers. I I agree with you about the Rangers. What is it? who's? I don't know who says it, but they are. There's always a saying in baseball. It's you. You're gonna probably win 60. You're gonna lose 60. But it's what you do in the other 60. Yeah. The, if, for the Rangers, it's probably gonna be we're gonna win at least. 50, we're gonna lose at least 85, and it's whatever we do in the other remaining games.
1: Yeah. I also well, like a real be- quick. Oh, sorry, couldn't continue. No, I was just
0: gonna say you need to change up that saying for the Rangers this year.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think fifty is uh definitely the the benchmark they need to shoot for. Oh, that's such
0: a low bar.
1: <laughs> but I'm just saying I think fifty wins, anything after that is great. Maybe sixty. I think sixty wins. You know, And every, anything after that will be, would be gravy. I think that's kind of the benchmark. So we'll split the difference and say about 56 and a half, even though that's not the exact difference. Um, real quick, too, I like the Mets under 90 and a half. I think they're going to be have a, an underwhelming season in their first look of uh, new ownership and, and Frankie Lindor and all the pieces they've added. So, I, think, I think the
0: Mets are going to be good. But when I saw 90 and a half, I, I knew you were going to take that under. Um, How about the Pirates?
1: Yeah, no, that's tough. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at 59 and a half. Is that what you yeah. have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the
0: the the highest is the Dodgers. They're what 103 and a half. Yeah. Yep, 103 and a half, and the Pirates are 59 and a half. I'll tell you what. I think I I think I take the Dodgers over 103. Really? Like that. Yeah. That NLS. The Rockies are gonna be bad.
1: Yeah. They probably trade Trevor Story in the middle of May. And Blackman, maybe could trace yep. him. Go the uh, Giants,
0: I think, are pretty bad, right? I don't know yeah. what's going on with them. They're kind of just hanging around there. Um, and who's the, uh, the What are the Diamondbacks doing? I don't even know what the Diamondbacks are looking at. 75. I mean, you got three teams where their win total in the division are at 75 right, or yeah. lower, like that. You just got to, it's almost a numbers game,
1: though. but I mean, and you figure, but see, the, the, that that division is very bad. Uh, but you know, they're going to have some absolute bangers against the Padres. I mean, you know, they'll play each other. What? 18 times, 19 times. That's fine. Yeah, no, no. I, I and mean, I'm obviously they're not gonna lose all 19, but I I think, I think that's, that's you're one hundred percent. Right. It's a two horse race. 100%. And those guys, the Padres and Dodgers, it's a two horse race. They have four legs and the other teams have uh three legs running the race. The Dodgers might have five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously.
1: They might have five
0: legs running the race. Um, and the, the the Padres might have three and a half or something. I don't know, but it's, it's, yeah, I don't, overall, they were on pace to win 114 games last year. Yeah. And they added Bauer, who's, I think there's a lot of people expecting a lot from Trevor Bauer, and I think he's going to underperform this year. I agree. Like. He has had one good season and it was in a 60 game season. And I've, I, I, he, he, he had a good stretch with the tribe, um, in 2017 before he took a ball, uh, a liner up the middle off the shin that he was out for the year. Um, like he could put it together. He was going to win the Cy Young Award that year. Uh, he can put it together for you think a whole 162, but then he got hit at the end. So you don't know how he'd have done in September, but he did it in a 60 game season last year. Yeah. He was great, but he's, he's like a four ERA pitcher before, uh, before that. But um, there somehow he's, he's definitely elevated himself where people think he's a top five pitcher in baseball, which credit to him for doing that. I don't know if it's just, Hey, him and his branding. That's a hundred percent. The antics. It's the antics.
1: It's the antics.
0: All well, that parts of it that goes into with his branding, right? The brand that he no, oh, no, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like that gets him, that gets more cachet for him. So then people are just like, oh, he's a name when people are naming off lists. Like he's just top of mind. So you just throw him in there. Yeah, he's a top five pitcher in baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean you know how I feel about about Trevor Brow Trevor Bauer. Um, like I said, it's uh, I think the first game, the first big game he pitches or the next big game he pitches will be the first. I know you disagree with me on that, but uh, until I see him do it for a full 162, I will hold back my judgment of of crowning him uh, one of the top pitchers in baseball. Don't, like, look, he's a, probably a top 10 guy for sure, but a top five guy, probably not. Like, if if I have to win one game, there's probably a long list of guys that I'm picking before him.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm, yeah, no, I'll I'll agree with that, but I think he's... I think he's a good pitcher, but then he's also getting overinflated by um, the perception that he is and what he did last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all right, we'll do a little more. uh, We'll do more in-depth baseball on Thursday when the season gets underway. But those are our team totals for the the season. We'll see how we uh, do this year. All right, the NFL Friday was a big trade day you could say there was more movement in the quarterback carousel, Ryan, Were the Washington football team trade rumors for Jimmy G up in swirling after they traded three first-round picks, swapped picks, swapped a first-rounder with uh, Miami, and then got
1: gave up two first-round picks to get up to number three in the draft. No, no Jimmy G trade rumors for Washington. I think uh, everyone is kind of um, seeing that we have our quarterback on the roster right now. We just don't know who it is, whether it's Fitzpatrick or Taylor Heineke. Um, and there's still, you know, there's still a lot of talk obviously of, of grabbing a young guy in the draft. So uh, no Jimmy G to Washington, which I'm completely okay with.
0: I'd say I'd be, well, I'd be uh, um, okay with that too. But man, Kyle Shanahan, that's a bold move for him to make because it's not even, you're trading up to number one or number two, you're trading up to three where you're going to be, you just—they must like Trey Lance, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields more than they like Zach Wilson. That's what it has to be. Whoever they like at three, they like more than Zach Wilson, and they know that whoever's drafting a number two, if it's the Jets or someone trades up, like that's going to be Jack, uh, Zach Wilson. They, that's what they—they they have to—they have to think that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think, uh, or maybe the Jets' asking price is just a little too high because the Eagles are trying to jump up to number two. Um and they couldn't. Uh so maybe the Jets asking price is just a little high. So it's like, hey, this is what we're gonna have to settle for. Um, you know, I still I still don't think it's a foregone conclusion that if the Jets stay stay at number two, which i, I, I kind of go back and forth that that whether they stay there or not, but if they stay at two, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they take Zach Wilson. I just don't think it is. I agree. I, you know me, I've been a Darnell guy through and through. Mm-hmm. And I still think
0: he's got something. They just, they had no weapons last year. They added some guys this year. It's just, I don't think Gase was really a healthy environment for anybody as a head coach when he's the head coach to learn in. I just think he's, he's, he's got, I think he's got something and, and you're going to, you're going to give up on him. But then again, you're like, Hey, you've. How many times are you gonna be drafting that high? Like you really hope not to be drafting that high again. And this quarterback class is supposed to be pretty good. Who knows what it's gonna be the next couple of years? But uh you might have to take the guy you think is better. So I I go back and forth on I go back and forth on it. Like I would I would keep Darnold, but then you're like if he's bad this year, then you're like, wow, we're stuck in the same place we were we were this year. And we could have had Zach Wilson at number two and we could have started the new started anew this year. So I I think that's a really, really tough call.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And you know, people keep saying there's gonna be four quarterbacks going in the top four picks. Uh again, if the Jets stay there, I don't think that that's necessarily true. And I think maybe maybe the 49ers feel the same way. And so they're just positioning themselves to say, hey, either we get a shot at um, Zach Wilson, or we just take Trey Lance or, or Justin Fields or whoever they feel is, is the third best guy. Um, but I think, I think maybe that'd be the, that might be the thought process of the 49ers there.
0: Yeah, I also think it's crazy that the 49ers sources or Schefter was buying that they say, oh, Jimmy's still our quarterback. He's not going to get out of here. Yeah. Seriously. A seriously. lot of my uh,
1: Arizona Cardinals friends said that, that sounded very familiar to, uh, to what they've heard before. Uh, with, what? With-, with Rosen and Kyler.
0: Oh, yeah. Get out of here. You're going to tra- trade first-round picks in 2022 and 2023, and you're going to tell me the guy who – seriously, just insane logic. And the fact that you're even putting that out there, those reporters are putting out there, like, why are you, do- why are you doing that? Just yeah. because a source says, oh, Jimmy's still our quarterback, you don't have to believe him. Like, they're just straight-up lying to your face. There's no way Jimmy G is going to be their guy. There's yeah. no chance you don't give up that capital and say, Oh, yep. You know what? Jimmy G is going to be the starter. and We're going to let Trey Lance or whatever sit behind him or whatever. That is then. And, and and we're not going to try and trade Garoppolo. Like that is just crazy. land, Banana land.
1: No, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And like I said, we've all seen this play out plenty of times before. Um, and I think we're, it's going to play out the same way that it has in the past. And everyone's going to be standing around saying, Oh, I thought, uh, Thought they had their guy, and it's like, come on,
0: yeah. No, this if you're you're pretty gullible if you think that uh the 49ers are sticking with Garoppolo, like you're you check, your, check yourself, yeah, is what I'll have to say. And then look, I think it was a shrewd move by the Eagles to What what they did, picking up an extra first rounder for next year because they're positioning themselves. For next year in their quarterback carousel, whoever's going to be free, whoever's going to be in the draft and say, hey, you know what, Jalen Hurts this year, we'll give it a go with you. I don't know if that's the greatest position, but um, I, uh, I don't hate what the Eagles did. I thought that was a shrewd, a shrewd move.
1: Yeah, it was uh, quite wild. Obviously, you don't see too many teams trade back in the draft, in, you know, like the Dolphins did, and then within the next hour, traded back up. Uh, Pre-draft. Pre-draft, yeah, pre-draft, which is like I said, it's kind of unseen and unheard of. But uh, uh, I mean, they—they're just—they—they're one of those teams though that they have so much draft capital. Uh, you know, it's like a lot of these NBA teams we see that just have so much draft capital, and then they end up not doing anything with it. At least, I mean, shout out to the to the Dolphins for for positioning themselves. Obviously, there was somebody there at at six that they felt like, uh, or excuse me, somebody at three that they felt like they could have got at six. So why not collect a couple extra draft picks in the process while doing it? Uh, Maybe they felt like obviously 12 was too far. So, uh, you know, uh, again, I thought that was a wild move, but a very, very smart move to position themselves to still be able to get the guy that they want and collect uh, a couple picks in the process.
0: I agree, and the big winners in this are the Cincinnati Bengals. They have to be jumping for joy because they think now probably three quarterbacks go off the board before them, uh, potentially four maybe. I know we just talked about, what the Jets are going to do, but the, the Cincinnati bagels, Bengals are going to have probably the pick of the litter, whoever they want to draft, um, non, potentially non-quarterback there, which they have to be pretty excited about.
1: Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. And as of today, before we start recording, they said it might be Jamar Chase.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen a lot of people say uh, Kyle Pitts. Um, look, you know what? Totally fine with the Cincinnati Bengals. Totally just uh, not realizing that for Joe Burrow to survive in the league, they have to block for him. So just keep, uh, keep, keep, keep uh, just ignoring that offensive line. Burrow will get crunched. You could have all the shiny cho- uh, toys you want, and uh, you'll you'll see
1: just he'll just he'll be uh, Deshaun Watson out there running for his life. Well, you know, the Bengals, I mean, I think it's kind of a smart move if they just keep adding weapons for Burrow because the NFC North, they, I mean, the rest of those teams in that division really don't do well on the pass rush. Is that correct?
0: That is that is correct. No <laughs> good pass rushers at all in the AFC North. None. None. Yeah. None at all. I mean,
1: just <laughs> not, yeah. not a single one comes to mind right now. You know, the best one is probably uh, Matthew Judon, and he went to New England. So, I mean, that's probably the yes. only worry Burrow had
0: none 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 even come to mind so yeah just you you know the the defensive line to win in the uh nfc in the afc north you don't need to have really a good defensive line it's just you know in the cold weather games teams just love to pass it so you have to have a good second yeah the air raid yep the air raid is the way to go so keep they just keep uh just turning turn a blind eye to that uh um, offensive line there in Cincinnati and uh, Joey B will be getting uh, getting getting waxed up constantly uh, out there and I mean you know what uh, he is uh, he there is a guy taking it personally in the AFC North this year because he didn't win defensive player of the year so you know he's going to be ready to take a, he's going to want to get a lot of sacks next year so
1: I thought Christian Kirksey was a free agent well he was in Green Bay last year Oh, was that Green Bay? Oh. Yeah. It was chopping woods. NFC brother. North. That's the that's what I got. NFC yeah, North. Yeah, you're that's going it. NFC North.
0: Yeah. AFC North. Um, but uh, yeah, he took it personally. He was disappointed that Aaron Donald, again, the best defensive player in the year, player in the game, won the award. But uh enough about uh the uh, Lowly Steelers, because you know <laughs> they don't really deserve any talk uh right now. So um yeah, that is where we are at there. All right, couple uh off sport things did you watch the uh, uh steep a fight on saturday night
1: i did i did watch it that was tough, that was tough
0: tough look for my guy i will say steep at plus money i was thinking about it sounded like a good idea before didn't bet it, and i'm glad i did because going in, i didn't really have the best feeling that he was gonna win it just i know he beat dc his last three fights were events were against dc right yeah Dino cormier mm-hmm. right yeah okay yeah I don't know. Just and he won. He didn't look as convincing. I shouldn't say that. He didn't knock him out. Um, I don't know. Something just seemed off to me about Stipe going in. First of all, Dana White hates Stipe Miocic. I think. I Why? think he
1: hates. Huh? Why? There's no. There's no promotion for any of his fights. But I mean, he's kind of a boring fighter. That's fine. He's the
0: heavyweight champion. Who cares? You got to promote a heavyweight guy. Yeah. He's the, he's the, he's defended the belt the most times, right? He's the greatest heavyweight there's been in the UFC. And I honestly forgot that this fight was on Saturday night until Friday when someone's like, oh, here's the first ad for it. Like, you would think the heavyweight fight with a, going against a knockout artist in Nganu would get, hey, maybe a little more promotion. But that's, 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 uh, that's the way it is in steep A fights, I think.
1: Look, if we ever have contacts with aliens, Francis Naganu might be, like, number one representative I want to take. Because yes. just looking at that guy pre-fight, like, not even in a violent way, like, hey, go beat up these aliens. Like, like let's just kind of put our best specimens forward. Like, he's got to be at the top of that list. Like, looking at Francis Naganu and you're going to tell me that we're both the same species? No, not a chance. That guy is massive. He's chiseled out of stone. Like he's always just been a freak as far as physical uh, you know just his physical makeup. But just seeing him pre-fight I was like I don't care if you're Cipe Miocic and walking in as as the heavyweight champion, like you're walking in looking at the guy like Jesus Christ, what am I supposed to do with this guy? And
0: you look at Stepe.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which Cipe has has trimmed down quite a bit since his first Fights yeah. in the in the UFC, he's he doesn't look as imposing uh, as he once did. Um, but uh, and then plus that haircut was not doing him any favors. That That's guy, what he did
0: the the other fight
1: i mean it's just it's, it's like wild. the yoshi
0: hair so it's <laughs> like a yoshi mushroomer but i don't know what he's working
1: with it's like those uh those fiber optic things that like lit l- do you remember the light up ones that kind of just like yeah. flow in the air that's what it reminded me of but uh yeah that was the first thing that came to mind it's just like nagano just unreal like like i said probably top top five pick of uh humans that i'm sending to to go make contact with the aliens just because if they see that guy they're like ah you know what we're good we're 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 probably good here how
0: that guy ever loses a fight how he ever lost in the ufc obviously because he just relied on the hands and not the on the wrestling and people yeah. to wrestle him but that is that is still one of the amazing things that he's lost i mean stipe beat him when he uh in one of the title challenges right
1: uh, um... or it was
0: he beat him once before in like 2017 i think okay um i know he beat him once before but i don't know if it's for a title challenge or not yeah. um but how he ever lost with that it's you're right i mean he is someone someone said steve bay should have just collected the check and be like yeah i'm good i'm not gonna fight this like, Do i really <laughs> want to fight this guy like all right really yeah but uh yeah that was that was a little disappointing but i really wasn't uh surprised that he uh that he lost, and then what, John Jones is coming down the line? Uh, he wants to get paid for it,
1: so uh, we'll
0: see. And it, <laughs> who, John Jones wants to get paid?
1: Yeah, he wants a big check for it.
0: Why does he deserve a big check for it? He, he can't pass a drug test. Now, you know what he'll do? He'll magically start passing drug tests. Like, does yeah. this turn a blind eye?
1: Yeah, um, he, he tweeted out a thing on, on Saturday night after the fight and said, you know, when Conor McGregor asks for a big check, it's expected. When John Jones wants a big check, he's scared. And you know, he kind of does have a point, but at the same time, like you said, the guy hasn't been able to—he uh, uh, hasn't been able to pass a drug test or actually step into the ring for any of his fights. So I don't know why he thinks he expects this big payday. I did think it was funny after the fight. Daniel Cormier was when they said, "Oh, a
0: A rematch or whatever," he was like, "No, he wants to see John Jones get his ass beat or so bad. Like mm-hmm. he just, he just." blob the softball that was john jones he goes no no we got to see him get beat or whatever this is like no those guys really do hate each other yeah um so i thought that was uh i thought that was pretty funny um i got two things one of them look first formula one race was yesterday fantastic race lewis edged out uh Verstappen there because of strategy. Verstappen had the fastest car all weekend. They said he did an illegal overtake of Lewis for exceeding track limits. He gained an advantage. Whatever. Uh, I saw – it's been going around on the internet that Lewis Hamilton drove on the same exact spot of the track, exceeded track limits 24 times, and didn't receive a penalty. And then in the middle of the race, they just decided, we'll start enforcing track limits. So how driving off the track 24 times, or in that turn four exceeding the limits, um, uh, isn't gaining an advantage. Don't really understand it, but whatever. That's what the FIA did. Um, but it's a great, great first race in Formula of the Formula One season. If this is what we're gonna see, just Verstappen and Hamilton dueling out every race, then we are in for a great. Uh, a great season ahead. And my other bet was Gasly top six. Qualified in the fifth spot, looking good. And then I think in the fourth lap, third lap, he uh, got in a crash where he lost his front wing and got 16th. He really got hosed yesterday. That's tough. Thought he had the pace. He had the pace. He was probably going to be a top six. I thought he was going to be fighting for top six. And then he uh, lost the front wing in a crash. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was yeah, it, it was his fault in the crash that he just kind of spun a guy out or whatever, yeah, that was it. But it was a great, uh, a great, a great race there in F one.
1: Yeah, I mean, my two picks, I mean, went one and two. What can't can't get much better than that. So,
0: <laughs> what was your other Lewis Hamilton and what? Obviously,
1: and ain't no stopping Max Verstappen. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, one two. Um, I might but, just retire uh, from
1: F one bets net from now on.
0: Um, but uh, so they had before the qualifying Verstappen was like went all the way down to minus 200 to to win mm-hmm. and Lewis was around like 200 um, so there was there was definitely an up somehow it was an upset win for Lewis Hamilton to win but even though he's still like the best driver around his car wasn't I don't know it was weird but great race then the other thing i have is that the us soccer has failed us again as we are not qualified for the olympics in men's soccer the rules are different because it's the under 23 team that qualifies but we had to beat Honduras yesterday to advance to the finals of the the qualifying tournament couldn't beat Honduras got down to nothing and people will be like oh don't doesn't the US like all these good players aren't they all like under 23 that they have in Europe yes but they were playing with the national team and the US B team for the 23s had been training together and everything they should have been able to beat Honduras yesterday to qualify for the Olympics, but they did not. So it's another failure for U.S. soccer. They haven't qualified for a, 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 haven't qualified for an Olympics on the men's side since two thousand and eight, which is pretty disgusting. um So yeah, just another uh, another failure there for U.S. soccer, which is disappointing.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so like you said, since two thousand and eight, they haven't uh, qualified for an Olympics, and every time they don't qualify, we always hear, "Well, this is going to set back soccer in America another four years." So. Just be prepared for that, everybody, to not care about soccer again for another four years.
0: And it's like the disappointing thing. It's it's they think – it's just – they. I think they went into – they just – U.S. soccer took a – was like, hey, we don't need – they could have designated like two players, two or three players that were with the national team that were under 23 that have played in the under 23s team before just to give them a little bit of a boost. But they're like, no, you know what? We'll be fine without them. And they don't develop any coaches. And they just run the same boring thing, boring system out there. And then they get beat by Honduras. uh, Two to one. And you, 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 you should be able to qualify for the Olympics. And then the U.S. soccer defenders will say, well, the Olympics isn't a big tournament. Brazil won the last Olympics. And Germany won the Olympics before. You know what? Those are two pretty good soccer powers. And you know what? I think they care about uh winning major trophies so they take it seriously why do as the us we have to say oh it's only olympics it's not a big tournament get out of here with these people get out of here
1: but then when uh basketball comes around during the olympics or uh you know women's gymnastics or track and field or oh, women's soccer big. or women's soccer yeah then it's big then
0: yes yes but oh for men's soccer nope
1: not big at all um all right do you have anything else uh that is it well now since we're talking about the under 23s uh we did have the sure thing under 23 derby last weekend i forgot to mention um everton and uh, arsenal everton won so
0: oh when they the under the, the u23s play
1: yep 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 <laughs> good that good for them and then we had the silva household derby and the uh Women's College Basketball, Arizona, Texas AM. Arizona came out victorious there. So a couple big wins for me recently. Your boys That's hot.
0: good. I did see that. Um there is one other thing we could touch on. We didn't touch on it. Did uh JJ Reddick to the Mavs move the needle for you? Uh not for me, for Jamie a little bit. <laughs> um I look, I think it's a good sign or it's a good trade, but uh the, the James Johnson experience was really not working out today. yeah Should it was
1: not working done. so I think that was a I think that was a smart move
0: yes i I think that was a smart uh, a smart move there all right uh yeah so you're picking up some dubs uh in some uh in some battles there and uh, we will be back on Thursday with the MLBs little MLB preview final four picks as well if that is where we end off here
1: yes sir that's all I got.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a good week, everybody.